Good evening, everybody. My name is Sean Bianco, and welcome to At the Opera, where every Saturday night I bring you an opera cover to cover, followed by Opera Potpourri. Uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in last week about L'Orfeo by Monteverdi. Uh, a lot of you really enjoyed it and said it was a, uh, a breath of fresh air. I had never heard an opera from that period. So thanks for the input, and I'm glad you were listening and enjoyed it. Uh, tonight's feature opera, one of the lesser known and lesser performed operas of Giuseppe Verdi, but one of my favorites, the um, the musical atmosphere of Simone Bocanegra has always intrigued me, how it opens, how the scenes unfold. It's not your traditional uh, mid-period Verdi in the Rigoletto, Il Travatore, La Traviata mold. And it's not really like Aida either. It's very different. It's Simon Bocanegra is really its own animal. And um, and for that, I really enjoy it. We have a dynamite cast in this recording uh, from uh, the mid-70s, and I think you're really going to find this opera intriguing. If you've never heard the opera Simon Bocanegra, I think you're going to love it. Um, so the one of the biggest complaints about operas is that the plots are very convoluted. And, and that's true. That, that is a, an honest or an, an accurate assessment of, of many opera plots. Um, they're very melodramatic. They're very drawn out. Uh, they're very convoluted. Lots of, of interrelationship issues and often set with a backdrop of some historical uh, significance, complicating it even further. Wars and and tribes and people always arguing and fighting and all that. Well, Simone Bocanegra, I have to say, next to perhaps Gioconda and Il Travatore, kind of takes the cake. So I'm going to try to explain carefully what happens uh, in the prologue and then in Act 1, and then we'll hear the prologue in Act 1, and then Act 2, and then Act 3. Um, but I will, I will explain it as carefully as possible. I will take my time so you can understand it. And I'm guessing by the time that I'm all finished explaining it, you still will have no idea what this opera is about. And I will be with you. <laughs> no, no, you'll have a good idea what the opera is about. It's just so... It weaves this tangled web of intrigue and relationships and obfuscation and hidden identities, and it's hard to keep track of. So what I encourage you to do tonight is to listen to my explanation of each segment, the prologue and then the act one and the other acts, and then just sit back and listen to the music because it is gorgeous. And it's a great, one of the great operas where the, the prime, the prime, uh, role of the baritone is what drives the opera. Uh, like in Rigoletto, for instance. Rigoletto is the, you know, he's the main character. This, the star of the show, is a baritone. Now it has a formidable soprano part and a very nice uh, tenor part as well. Uh, but our baritone tonight, the great, the late great, uh, Piero Capuccilli, Italian baritone, one of my favorite baritones. Um, just one of the most reliable, solid, baritone voices in the business at the time, and he sang for many, many years, even though he did uh, almost lose his life in a horrible car crash, but he recovered and continued his career, thank goodness. 
Simon Bocanegra is a prologue in three acts, the music by Verdi, of course, and libretto by Francesco Maria Piave, uh, who, based on the play Simon Bocanegra of 1843 by Antonio Garcia Guterres, uh, whose play El Trovador was Verdi's inspiration for Il Trovatore of 1853. Simon Bocanegra was first performed at the La Venice Theater in Venice, March 12, 1857. The problem here, and as I alluded to this earlier, given the complications of the original plot and the general poor popular response, although a critical one was more encouraging, the opera dropped out of favor after 1866. Finally, 23 years later, Verdi's publisher, Ricordi, um, persuaded the composer to revise the opera with text changes prepared by Arrigo Boito. Yes, the librettist who inspired to work with the aging composer on a project which eventually became Otello, his second-to-last opera. But he really hadn't committed to this project at that time. Now, the revised version of Simón Bocanegra with the now-famous council chamber scene, was first performed at La Scala in Milan, March 24, 1881. It is this version which is the most frequently performed today. Now, all the different versions um, that this opera went to, it went through, excuse me, the 1857 version, then the 1881 revision, and then there was the um, 18 the original 1857, with changes. Um, it, this, this project stopped and started many times. So even the conception and the completion of Simón Bocanegra uh, is really complicated in and of itself. So now, again, like I've said before in the past, this is not a lecture program. This is an opera show, so i got to play you some great music, and I'm going to. So I'm not going to bore you with all the details regarding all the different revisions and performance history and all the problems that Verdi had with this opera. Let's just get right to the opera and see what all this is about. In the prologue, Paolo Albiani Paolo, Paolo Albiani, there we go, <laughs> get my mouth around some of these names, a plebeian, tells his ally Pietro that in the forthcoming election of the Doge, his choice for the plebeian candidate is Simón Bocanegra. Bocanegra arrives and is persuaded to stand when Paolo hints that if Bocanegra becomes Doge, the aristocratic Jacopo Fiesco will surely allow him to wed his daughter Maria. When Bocanegra has gone, Paolo uh, Paolo gossips about Bocanegra's love affair with Maria Fiesco. Bocanegra and Maria have had a child, and the furious Fiesco has locked his daughter away in his palace. Pietro rallies a crowd of citizens to support Bocanegra. After the crowd is dispersed, Fiesco comes out of his place stricken with grief. Maria, he finds, has just died. He swears vengeance on Bocanegra for destroying his family. When he meets Bocanegra, he does not inform him of Maria's death. 
Bocanegra offers reconciliation, and Fiesco promises clemency only if Bocanegra lets him have his granddaughter. Bocanegra explains he cannot because the child, put in the care of a nurse, has vanished, he says. He enters the palace and finds the body of his beloved just before the crowd pours in, hailing him as the new doge. So there you have the opening. That's just the prologue of this opera, setting the stage. Already a tragedy, and Simon Bocanegra ascending to the position of doge. Now we go into Act One. Twenty-five years have passed. Historically, the action has moved from basically 1339 to the year of Simon's election in the prologue forward to 1363. Now, the Doge has exiled many of his political opponents at this point and confiscated their property. Among them is Jacopo Fiesco, who has been living in the Grimaldi Palace, using the name Andrea Grimaldi to avoid discovery and plotting with Bocanegra's enemies to overthrow him. The Grimaldis have adopted an orphan child of unknown parentage after discovering her in a convent. She is, in fact, Bocanegra's child, Maria, but she's known as Amelia, named after her mother. And she is Fiesco's granddaughter. Are you keeping track with all this? I don't know. It gets worse. They call her Amelia, hoping that she um, would be their heir to the family fortune, their sons having been exiled and their own baby daughter having died. Amelia, at this point, is now a young woman in this scene. In scene one, Amelia is waiting for her lover, Gabriele Adorno, our tenor. She suspects him of plotting against the Doge, and when he arrives, she warns him of the dangers of political conspiracy. Word arrives that the Doge is coming. Amelia, fearing that the Doge will force her to marry Paolo, now his counselor, urges Ordorno, our tenor, to ask her guardian, Andrea, who in reality, Fiesco, for permission to marry them. Fiesco reveals to Ordorno that Amelia is not a Grimaldi, but a founding adopted, but a foundling, excuse me, adopted by the family. When Adorno says that he does not care, Fiesco blesses the marriage. Bocanegra enters and tells Amelia that he has pardoned her exiled brothers. She tells him that she is in love, but not with Paolo, whom she refuses to marry. Bocanegra has no desire to force Amelia into a marriage against her will. She tells him that she was adopted and that she has one souvenir of her mother, a picture in a locket. The two compare Amelia's picture with Bocanegra's, and Bocanegra realizes that she is, in fact, his long-lost daughter. Finally reunited, they are overcome with joy. Amelia goes into the palace, and soon after, Paolo arrives to find out if Amelia has accepted him. Bocanegra tells him that the marriage will not take place. Furious, Paolo arranges for Amelia 
to be kidnapped. Oh, my goodness. Whew. Okay, that's just the first scene of Act 1. Now, here is the second and last scene of Act 1. The Doge encourages his counselors to make peace with Venice. He is interrupted by the sounds of a mob calling for blood. Paolo suspects that his kidnapping plot has failed. The Doge prevents anyone from leaving the council chambers and orders the doors to be thrown open. A crowd bursts in, chasing Ordorno. Ordorno confesses to killing Lorenzino, a plebeian, who had kidnapped Amelia, claiming to have done so at the order of a high-ranking official. Ordorno incorrectly guesses the official was Bocanegra and is about to attack him when Amelia rushes in and stops him. She describes her abduction and escape. Before she is able to identify her kidnapper, fighting breaks out once more. Bocanegra establishes order, has Adorno arrested for the night. He orders the crowd to make peace, and they praise him for his mercy. Realizing that Paolo was responsible for the kidnapping, Bocanegra places him in charge of finding the culprit. He then makes everyone, including Paolo, utter a curse on the kidnapper. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's the prologue in Act 1. I'm not going to read it again. Good luck. I hope you could kind of follow some of that. The music is gorgeous. Let's just get to the opera. Simon Bocanegra is sung by Piero Capuccilli. Maria Bocanegra, or Amelia, is sung by Maria uh, Freni. Jacopo Fiesco is sung by Nicola Giorov. Gabriele Ordorno, our tenor, Jose Carreras. Paolo Albiani, Jose Van Damme. Pietro is sung by Giovanni Foyani. And Capitano is sung by Antonio uh, Savastano. The orchestra and chorus of the Theater La Scala Milan is conducted by Claudio Abbado in this 1977 Deutsche Grammophon recording. All right. With a very unorthodox opening, by the way. You'll notice this opera has no overture. It just kind of just starts. So it's a very unusual opening for a, for a Verdi opera, um, as opposed to having a nice big overture. Here we have the prologue. Act 1, Scenes 1 and 2 of tonight's feature opera, Giuseppe Verdi's Simone Bocanegra. Good luck following it, and of course, enjoy.
Savona perché qui ma pellasti
Oh. 
fra il mio nome. Oh Maria, forse in breve potrai dirmi tuo sposo. Alcun pecco? Chi fia? Si
doge vien, partiam che non ti scorga. Restellire la vendetta sorga. Paolo, signor, che spronano gli eventi, di qua partir conviene quando allo squillo dell'ora.
ascolta, si spendono le parole. Sei tu, ti vedo, capace, 
And that was Act 1 with Prologue, Act 1, Scene and 2, plus the Prologue, of tonight's feature opera, Simón Bocanegra, by Giuseppe Verdi. We're hearing a recording from 1977, starring Piero Capuccilli, Morella Freni, Nicolai Gyurov, Jose Carreras, and Jose Van Damme, the orchestra and chorus of the Theatre La Scala Milan, Claudio Abado, conducting. Great music. Just fantastic music. And even me sitting here rereading the, the, the synopsis to the prologue in Act One, it's just, it's, it's even then it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on. So um, if you need to reread something, hop online and, and, and check it out again. Luckily, the synopsis for Acts Two and Three are shorter because Acts Two and Three are a lot shorter. Act One is a monster. 79 minutes. So hello, I've been away for a while. Hope you enjoyed the singing. I know I did. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio 88.9 KXPR-FM and HD Sacramento 91.7 KXSR Groveland, Sonora 88.7 KXJ, uh, 88.7, excuse me, KXJS Sutter and 90.9 KXJZ HD2 Sacramento. The 8 o'clock hour of At the Opera with yours truly was made possible by Malcolm McHenry, who invites you to join him in supporting Cap Radio's commitment to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. And this hour, the 9 o'clock hour of At the Opera with yours truly was made possible by John and Lois Crow, who invites you to join them in supporting Cap Radio's commitment to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. This morning, we had The Dialogue of the Carmelites by Francis Poulenc. Um, quite an intense morning uh, and early afternoon of opera. And um, Verdi, not necessarily less intense, but perhaps not as uh, frightful or, or horrific. So um, I'd be curious what uh, you all thought of Dialogue of the Carmelites. Uh, and now that the Met, the Met's done it, I'm not going to do it on this show. <laughs> they took care of the the Carmelite uh, quota. Anyway, um, send me an email or send me an email about whatever, sbianco66 at yahoo.com or go online to capradio.org, click on At the Opera uh, and under programs and um, there's a contact host link on the right and you can send me something through, this, through the website. Next week's feature opera, a lot lighter and happier and fun, Richard Strauss Jr.'s The Gypsy Baron. And that is going to be next week, The Gypsy Baron, starring Elizabeth Schwartzkopf, Nikolai Geta, and Herman Pry, uh, with Otto Ackerman conducting a recording from 1958. If you've never heard The Gypsy Baron, it's just as delightful as the Fledermaus, as all of Johann Strauss Jr.'s music, just wonderful and delightful and lighthearted. And so a nice operetta next week, The Gypsy Baron by Johann Strauss Jr. Tonight's feature opera, Verdi's Simone Bocanegra. We're going to move into Act Two. By the way, uh, by request tonight on Opera Potpourri, we're going to be hearing the last scene of Richard Strauss's Electra with Regina Resnick and Birgit Nielsen. This was by request, so that's later. Speaking of intense, I'll talk about it a little bit and play it for you. Let's get back to the opera. In Act Two, Paolo has imprisoned Fiesco, determined to kill Bocanegra. Paolo pours a slow-acting poison into the doge's water and then tries to convince Fiesco to murder Bocanegra 
In return for his freedom, Fiesco refuses. Paolo next suggests to Adorno that Amelia is the doge's mistress, hoping Adorno will murder Bocanegra in a jealous rage. Adorno is furious. Amelia enters the doge's apartment, seeming to confirm Adorno's suspicion, and he angrily accuses her of infidelity. She claims only to love him, but cannot reveal her secret that Bocanegra is her father. Because Adorno's family were killed by the Doge. And that's why. Adorno hides as Bocanegra is heard approaching. Amelia confesses to Bocanegra that she is in love with his enemy, Adorno. He understandably is angry, but tells his daughter that if the young nobleman changes his ways, he may pardon him. He asks Amelia to leave and then takes a drink of the poisoned water that which Paolo has placed on the table. Bocanegra falls asleep. Adorno emerges and is about to kill Bocanegra when Amelia returns in time to stop him. Bocanegra awakes and reveals to Adorno that Amelia is his daughter. Adorno begs for Amelia's forgiveness. Noises of fighting are heard. Paolo has stirred up a revolution against the Doge. Adorno promises to fight for Bocanegra, who vows that Adorno shall marry Amelia if he can crush the rebel uprising. Simon Bocanegra, Piero Capocilli, Maria Bocanegra, Morella Freni, Jacopo Fiesco, Nicola Gurov, Gabriele Adorno, Jose Carreras, and Paolo Albiani, Jose Van Damme, Chorus and Orchestra of La Scala Opera of Milan, Claudio Abado, conducts this Deutsche Grammophon 1977 recording. Here is Act Two of tonight's feature opera, Giuseppe Verdi's Simone Bocanegra. Enjoy. Oh! 
Sento la madre dell'anima, pure 
Padre mio carnefice, tu mi arrivai figlio d'adorno, la paterna ombra ti chiama vindice. Insensato, che di niente tuo braccio colpisce, tua difesa mi ostegno l'accende. Santo giuro e l'amore che ci dice che Dio mi mostra importante contento che doveri scordi il pugnale che intorno prostrarmi al suo piede e quel tempo colpisci sleone sangue il sole quel giorno di chi è
And that was Act Two of tonight's feature opera, Simón Bocanegra by Giuseppe Verdi. In the cast, we heard Jose Carreras, Nikolai Gyurov, Meryl Efraini, and Piero Capocilli in the title role of Simón Bocanegra. Claudio Abado conducted the chorus and orchestra La Scala of Milan in this Deutsche Grammophon recording from 1977. My name is Sean Bianco, host of At the Opera. Welcome. If this is your first time to At the Opera, and a big a special welcome. Uh, I have new listeners all the time, and so if you are new to the show, uh, what happens is every Saturday night from 8 to midnight, I feature an opera cover to cover, followed by a show that I have a hand-picked selection of opera called Opera Potpourri. It's largely driven by you, the listener, by request. So if you have a request for my program, and I have one I'm playing tonight after, uh, after the feature opera, um, you can send me an email, sbianco66 at yahoo.com, or if you want to see or listen to any of my past operas over the last, I think, six years, opera shows, go to capradio.org slash opera. and on the right, on the bottom, there's an archive. You can go back, like I said, six years and listen to any performances, including the ones that are happening uh, week to week. So it's a great resource, capradio.org, for all your information regarding the shows we play here at the station. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio, 88.9 KXPR-FM and HD Sacramento, 91.7 KXSR, Groveland, Sonora, 88.7 KXJS, Sutter, and 90.9 KXJZ, HD2, Sacramento. This hour of At the Opera, with yours truly, is made possible by Joel Karish, who invites you to join him in supporting Cap Radio's commitment to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. Next week's feature opera, Johann Strauss Jr.'s The Gypsy Baron, with the great cast, Hermann Prey, Nikolai Geta, and Elizabeth Schwarzkopf. So that'll be next week. A bit different than Dialogue of the Carmelites we had this morning. A bit intense opera we heard at the Met. Uh, and, uh, of course, tonight we're hearing Simone Bocanegra, a Verdi masterpiece. Let's... Uh, Continue the show. Let's keep going. There is one act left to go to, uh, and that is Act 3. So let us find out what happens in Act 3. Inside the Doge's palace, the uprising against the Doge has been put down. Paolo has been condemned to death for fighting with the rebels against the Doge. Fiesco is released from prison by the Doge's men. On his way to the scaffold, Paolo boasts to Fiesco that he has poisoned Bocanegra. Fiesco is deeply shocked. He confronts Bocanegra, who is now dying from Paolo's poison. Bocanegra recognizes his old enemy and tells Fiesco that Amelia is his granddaughter. Fiesco feels great remorse and tells Simón Bocanegra about the poison. Adorno and Amelia, newly married, arrive to find the two men reconciled. Bocanegra tells Amelia that Fiesco is her grandfather and, before he dies, names Gabriela Adorno his successor. At that moment, the crown begins to mourn, the crowd begins to mourn, as Simon Bocanegra, the Doge, dies on stage. 
Bocanegra is sung by the great Italian baritone Piero Capuccilli. Amelia, or Maria Bocanegra, sung by Morella Freni, Jacopo Fiesco, Nicola Gioroff, and Gabriel Adorno. Jose Carreras. Paolo Albiani, Jose Van Damme. The conductor, Claudio Abato, of the chorus and orchestra of La Scala Opera House in Milan, Italy, recording from 1977 on Deutsche Grammophon. Here is the third and final act of tonight's feature opera, Simone Bocanegra by Giuseppe Verdi. Oh, <laughs> 
and with the ominous tolling of the church bells. The curtain comes down on Act Three of tonight's feature opera, Simon Bocanegra, by Giuseppe Verdi. With the death of the Doge, the curtain comes down. Maria, or as you knew her for part of the opera, Amelia, marrying Gabriello Odorno and Odorno being handed the throne, rising to position of Doge to replace Simon Bocanegra. Piero Capocilli as Simon, Maria Bocanegra, Mira Lefreni, Jacopo Fiesco, Nicola Gioroff, Gabriela Adorno, Jose Carreras, back when he was in good voice, Paolo Albiani, Jose Van Damme, Pietro was Giovanni Foyani, and the Capitano was Antonio Savastano. Chorus and orchestra of the Theater of La Scala Milan, conducted by Claudio Abado, 1977, Deutsche Grammophon. My name is Sean Bianco, and this is At the Opera. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's feature opera, Simone Bocanegra, one of the great Verdi operas. Next week's feature opera, Johann Strauss Jr., much lighter fare, especially considered what we had this morning at the Met. It's the Dialogue of the Carmelites. Um, the Gypsy Baron. The Gypsy Baron. I haven't played the Gypsy Baron for a long time. Right up there with the Merry Widow and Du Mouse, all the delightful music by Richard Strauss Jr. You're going to love it. It's a hoot. Some great stuff. Nikolai Geta, Elizabeth Schwarzkopf, and Herman Pry, Otto Ackerman, the conductor. Great recording next week for the feature opera, The Gypsy Baron. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio, 88.9 KXPR-FM and HD Sacramento, 91.7 KXSR, Groveland, Sonora, 88.7 KXJS, Sutter, and 90.9 KXJZ, HD2, Sacramento. This hour of At the Opera, with yours truly, made possible by Joyce Ratner, who invites you to join her in supporting our commitment here at Cap Radio to opera on the air and in the community by making your contribution today. Thank you to all of the people who underwrote the show tonight, Joyce Ratner, Joel Karras, John and Lois Crow, and Malcolm. Oh, Malcolm McHenry. Yes, Malcolm McHenry. So as I've always mentioned in the past, you can always request something on the program. Well, tonight somebody did. Somebody for potpourri, and this is the part of the show I call Opera Potpourri, where we play bits and pieces of all kinds of operas. Uh, somebody wanted to hear the final uh, scene, the confrontation or the final scene between two characters, Electra and Clemenestra, from Richard Strauss's Electra. This is not an opera that I play in its entirety all that often. Uh, it's, 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 it's very intense, almost too intense, actually. <laughs> so those of you who are still awake, if you, want, if you want the taste of great Italian grand opera left in your mouth tonight, this is going to clean that palate. This is a palate cleanser, okay? So we're going to take a big shift here. Clemenestra is sung by Regina Resnick, Electra by Birgit Nielsen, the Vienna Philharmonics conducted by Sir Scholte in this nineteen sixty seven recording. This is the final scene of Electra by Richard Strauss. I will present this opera in its entirety one of these days coming up here. Um, but the final scene I think um, I think you will find uh, very interesting. Now, um I just realized I probably should tell you 
what it's about or what the final scene is about. So let me see real here. I'm on the fly here. Give me a second. I want to tell you just a little bit about um, uh, the end of it. Just give me one second. Yeah, I'll have to. Electra is ecstatic and wants to lead the crowd to a dance, but first cannot. Clemenestra and Electra praise their brother's uh, feet. Um, and at last, Electra begins to dance. As she reaches the climax of the dance, she falls to the ground. Electra is dead. Horrified, Clemenesta calls out for Orest, but to no avail. It's very intense opera, um, and let's just hear it. Uh, the music, if you want to read more about it, please go online and read about it. And I will present Electra in its entirety, but not tonight. So let's just hear it um, now, just the final scene from this opera, Electra by Richard Strauss. This is by request.
And as Clymenestra calls for Orest at the door, but it is locked and he does not answer after the death of Electra, that is the final scene of Richard Strauss's Electra, Regina Resnick as Clymenestra, and uh, Birgit Nielsen as Electra. Sir George Schulte conducted the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra in that recording uh, from 1967 on London. That was by request, and there you have it, an opera potpourri. My name is Sean Bianco. Thanks for tuning in. Um, now we're going to hear, I love you know, listening to um, Simon Bocanegra, or even like Don Carlo, when you have a scene between two male voices of the lower persuasion. Not as common as a, perhaps a baritone tenor duet, certainly not as common as a tenor-soprano duet, but in this case, we have two one a bass baritone, one a baritone. We're going to hear now a duet from a recording, Vincenzo Bellini's I Puritani from 1969. Here is bass Bonaldo Giotti and baritone Zesto Bruscantini. Uh, and this is a fantastic, fantastic duet that appears in the opera in Bellini's I Puritani. Two great Italian voices. Check this out. This is Opera Potpourri. Enjoy.
My goodness, Bernardo Gialti, Zesto Bruscantini, the duet between Sir Giorgio Valton and Sir Ricardo Forth in Bellini's I Puritani, recorded 1969, Ricardo Muti conducting the Rai Roma Orchestra. What a great duet between two fantastic singers. Wow, that was very, very intense. I love hearing baritones and basses go toe-to-toe on stage. That was great. Sesto Bruscantini and Bonaldo Giotti. Here's another duet for you. See what you think of this one. Um, this is a duet from Verdi's Don Carlo called The, In- the Inquisitor Scene. Um, Joseph Grindel and Marti Talvela are singing in this scene. Grindel sings King Philip and Talvela the Inquisitor. 
interesting about this particular performance, it's actually sung in German. Wolfgang Savalisch, the conductor. Singers you don't hear very often, and Verdi, not in Italian, but in German. Let's check out this recording from uh, 1965 with the Deutsche Oper Berlin, from Verdi's Don Carlo. Two, again, great basses going toe-to-toe. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Vergebens hier in diesen kalten Räumen einen Menschen, ein reines Herz. Da fand ich ihn. Wozu einen Menschen? Mit welchem Recht nennst du König dich? nur ein Mensch, du bist zu viel, denn eure Freiheitssinn hat keinen Geist ergriffen. Zerbrechen möchtest du mit über die der Kirche sagt es, ob das sie der Welt Weil ihr Feuer zerschlagen 
A great sing from German television that was Joseph Grindel as King Philip, Marthe Talvela as the Inquisitor, sung in German, the Deutsche Oper Berlin 1965, conducted by Wolfgang Savalas, the great scene between two great basses. I love that scene. Great singing, great Verdi, and it's interesting to hear Verdi in German. You know, so many uh, performances that have happened around the world of all the great operas, not always in its original language. Um, I had a recording of Fritz Wunderlich and Anneliese Rothenberger singing Puccini's La Boheme, excerpts from Boheme in German. And I was very, I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And it wasn't. It was great. I was so, I was so skeptical. But you know what I, I realized? And I, I realized ever since, great music is great music, no matter what language is sung in. So there you have it. And in the case of Bohème, if you think about it, it's already a bit ridiculous. You've got these Parisians living in a garret in Paris with, with French names all singing in Italian at each other in Puccini's original opera. So hearing them sing in German, it's, a, it's like, well, why not? It's hearing them sing in, in I don't know, in French. I, I would, I've always wanted to hear a French version of La Bohème. And I don't know if anyone out there knows of a recording of La Boheme in French. I would love to hear it. I think it'd be gorgeous. Puccini's La Boheme in French. My name is Sean Bianco. This is At the Opera. We're enjoying some incredible performances right now. Um, these wonderful singers. And I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, Joseph Grindel was one of the great basses of all time. He was on so many great Wagnerian recordings. Marti Talvela as the Inquis Inquisitor, a, a ginormous man, a giant of a man, 
with a gorgeous voice, and, and they, from all accounts, a lovely human being as well. Um, and uh, we have many great recordings of his uh, during his career. Um, I had a request come in, and I think um, I think I'm just going to play it for you. I think I just should play it. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did, uh, and we're going to hear Cavaretti uh, Pagliacci. Uh, in a couple of weeks, the Met, I think we're singing here in Cav and Pag. Um, I'll double check that. I don't want to mess up my announcement. But anyway, uh, from from Pagliacci, uh, we are going to hear Pagliacci in two weeks at the Met. And so here is here's Aldo Protti doing the prologue from Pagliacci, the opening. Uh, and this includes the orchestral introduction. This is from a live performance in the 60s from Japan. Uh, with very good sound, and so and my and he's my favorite baritone, Aldo Proti, fantastic Italian baritone. Let's hear him now sing the Sipuo, the prologue from Pagliacci. Enjoy.
Thank <laughs> you. 
The Grand Italian Baritone Aldo Perotti in 1961 with the NHK Symphony Orchestra in Tokyo. Giuseppe Morelli, the conductor of the Sipuo, the prologue from I Pagliacci by Ruggero Leon Cavallo. We're going to see that opera in a couple weeks at the Met. We're going to hear it at the Met. Love that guy's voice. Love his voice. All righty. Um, well, it's, you know, these shows, they go late. I know they do. And it's late. I mean, there's no, there's no getting around it. It is getting late. But I do have some more potpourri. Yeah. Sit back and relax. There's some potpourri. Let's start off here with some um, Regina Crespin and some Puccini. Enjoy.
Lovely music, lovely music. We just heard Joan Sutherland, Hougette Turangeau, Tales of Hoffman, Bella Nuit, O Nuit d'Amour, Lovely Night, Night of Love, by Jacques Offenbach from the Tales of Hoffman. Before that was Renata Tebaldi, Gianni Schicchi, Puccini, O Mio Bambino Caro. Before that, we heard Franco Carelli, the great Italian tenor, singing for us Reconti Armonia from Puccini's Tosca. And to begin that set, from Puccini's Madama Butterfly, Regine Crespan singing Umbeldi, One Fine Day. My name is Sean Bianco, and this is At the Opera. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we'll be doing a fun opera, uh, The Gypsy Baron by Johann Strauss Jr. with Nikolai Geta, Elizabeth Schwarzkopf, and Herman Pry. Great run of operetta recordings those three made in the 1960s. We'll be hearing that next week on At the opera. Well, I hope everyone uh, had a good day of opera. Carmel, uh, Carmelites, dialogue of the Carmelites with Poulenc this morning. And then tonight we heard um, Simon Bocanegra with Morella Freni, Piero Capuccilli, and Jose Carreras. Well, oh, there it is. You know what that music means? I mean, once again, I've taken up your Saturday night with Great Opera. I'll see you next week with Johann Strauss Jr.'s The Gypsy Baron. And if you have any requests for the show, sbianco66 at yahoo.com. From Sacramento State, this is Capital Public Radio, 88.9 KXPR-FM and HD Sacramento, 91.7 KXSR Groveland, Sonora, 88.7 KXJS Sutter, and 90.9 KXJZ HD2 Sacramento, this last hour of At the Opera with you is truly made possible by Joyce Ratner, who invites you to join her in supporting our commitment here at Cap Radio with opera on the air and in the community by making a contribution today. I'm also your Saturday host for the Metropolitan Opera. See you next week for the Met as well. Enjoy this beautiful weather we're having. Could use a little more rain. You hear that, clouds? I don't want, I don't want winter to be over already. Come on. A few more rainstorms would be nice. Like I always say, don't work so hard, don't drive so fast, and as always, keep opera in your heart. Be back next week with Johann Strauss Jr.'s The Gypsy Baron. Honey, put the kettle on, I'm coming home. Have a good week, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. And um, just be nice. We could all use it. Take care. And good night.
every Saturday night, I enjoy listening to Sean Bianco talk about the opera, which I never knew that I really liked, but I'm learning a lot and enjoying it completely. Oftentimes, I'm sitting next to my radio in my little semi-family room with my big dog, which is quite comfortable, just thoroughly enjoying my time listening to the radio.